why is it important for people in business especially to bring on coaches and mentors yeah the reality is success leaves clues like you've done things already and you figured out what doesn't work You've wasted time, money, and energy figuring out what doesn't work. Who doesn't work? I want to pay you money and who doesn't work. Exactly. I want to pay you money to avoid those mistakes and get the cheat code. That is the beautiful thing about coaching. Success leaves clues. Someone out there has already achieved what you want to achieve. Pay them, get the blueprint. Why try and figure it out on your own? That's just functionally stupid to do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays. I am here with a very, 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 very dear friend and business partner and also a friend and also business partner in multiple different things, multiple different projects. I'm very excited that he's here because we're running Operation Black Site right outside of this RV motorhome right this second. We've been doing this for three years together where we bring in Navy SEALs, Special Forces, FBI agents, police officers, UFC champs, etc., to train people how to fight, shoot, escape handcuffs, escape out of freaking duct tape and all these different things. But more importantly, this gentleman has over 600 franchise locations of Fit Body Bootcamp. Some of you might already be able to guess who it is, obviously. And he's a speaker, an author. Uh, he's got $100,000 one-on-one coaching clients left and right. He's been turning down $100,000 coaching clients because he has too many of them coming to him. And so you guys are in for a very special treat. He's also a great family man. I love his book. It's called Man Up. Please give a warm round of applause to Major Pedro's Coolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Thank you again. As always, we are co-hosted with the real Tarzan. Tarzan this week has been showing me his phone. He's been gaining 100,000 followers every three days. Most people on the planet are hoping to get 100,000 followers ever. And every three days, he's been showing me 100,000, 100,000, 100,000. He went from 8 million to 8.8 million in under eight weeks. It is mind-boggling. So by the time you're listening to this, he's probably going to be over 9 million and growing. Hmm. Let's just let that sink in for a second. Eight billion people on the planet still got work to do. You got work to do. Yeah. Only, but, but only two this. billion saw it last year. But, but, but imagine, <laughs> yeah, the rate that you're growing it at is... There's no hacking in terms of like fake followers or whatever. You showed me all the stats. Mm -hmm. You showed me all the behind the scenes numbers. And uh, I think maybe one day an opportunity might come where you might share your brand building strategies. Don't yes, you think? Absolutely. Then we'll just leave that there for now. <laughs> you might start to teach people, huh? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Whoa, why don't you teach these, us right now? I'm all these brains. Let me get my Instagram. Up. <laughs> you guys can get all the inside scoop. All right, guys. So as you know, on the Money Mondays, we cover three core topics. How to make money, how to invest money, how to give it away to charity. Since we rarely have someone come back on the show more than once, Pedro's Coolion is, you know, like I said, dear friend, business partner, everything between. So we're actually going to dive deep into questions about why is mentorship important? Why are live events important? Why is coaching important? Why is it important to try to learn about how to become a human weapon? All the things that Bajos has of his live events, his masterminds, his coaching program, etc. We're going to deep dive into some questions about that so you guys can understand the behind the scenes from someone that has done tens of millions of dollars specifically in live coaching, live events, and training to make humans more efficient. So with that being said, Bajos Kulian, let's start off. You've got the project, Squire program, obviously Operation Black Site. Yep. You have one more. Masogi. Masogi. Yeah. It's just fun to say that one. Like you have <laughs> these four different ones besides your masterminds. You throw these thousand person events every single year, years and years and years and years called BK Live. 
You've got like I remember there was one there was like 900 people that are in the fitness and franchise space. Like you've got all mm-hmm. these different events. Walk us through why are live events important? So so I think that more and more the social media world is separating people. So even though we think we're connected, right? Because well I follow Dan, I follow Tarzan, I follow this guy and that guy. There is no real true engagement. Yeah, you're leaving comments, you might share some DMs, etc. But let's face it, you and I know that you might have to share months of dms and stories and by the way if they're dming you or you what are the chances of you seeing it it's probably getting lost in some filtered account somewhere but if they are willing to pay to play and that's the whole pay to play model and i learned early on 15 years ago when i paid joe polish ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars to go to his genius network mastermind immediately i met dean graciosi brandon bouchard wyatt woodsmall obviously joe polish uh, Dan Sullivan, right? And over a three-day period, a friendship was built. Right. There's no way over a three-day period on social media you're going to be able to build a friendship. With the legends in the marketing game. Right, exactly. A business partnership that they're going to share their secrets with you. And I remember Dean Graciosi giving me a physical letter. He goes, I send this letter out to people who bought my book and then move them into a coaching program. I go, wait a minute. So if I just change everything about real estate to fitness business and gym business, I could start a mastermind for gym business owners he's like yep so i took that sent it out to 7500 email addresses people who had gym owners who had bought my courses and immediately i launched a 30 person mastermind through that letter sent out as an email a three sequence email uh 30 person mastermind at 1800 dollars a month like what yeah That's right Fifty four thousand dollars a month so immediately my <laughs> life financially my life changed. Wait, so you paid ten grand to go to Joe Polish event and then you started making fifty four thousand yeah. a month. Yeah. Yeah. From one little trick. Yeah. So when you think about that, oh if I were to DM <laughs> if I were to DM Dean Graciosi, if I were to like his stuff, share his stuff, yeah. leave comments, on what planet is he gonna send me that document, those letters, the physical letter? <laughs> never, 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 never. But proximity is yeah. powerful. He's gonna right? send you a link to sign up for his mastermind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you. that is the beauty of things like Operation Black Site, things like the project. Because one, people always ask me, well, how do I meet like-minded people? Yeah. Well, you come to events where like-minded people would hang out. How do I meet people that I can do business with? Well, what kind of business are you in? If it's like, for example, you run the $100 million mastermind, right? These are high-level entrepreneurs. And if you want to meet other high-level entrepreneurs, do business with them, connect with them, network with them, pay to play. Yep. Proximity is power, and you can time collapse. So it doesn't matter if it's an experiential event like Operation Blackside here or the project or the Squire program, which we can dive deeper into. When you are within proximity of people, actual humans, breaking bread, shaking hands, connecting all of a sudden you'll want to do more for me and i'll want to do more for you that doesn't happen on social media at that level of frequency yeah so let's walk through these one by one the squire program is the one i'm most emotional because you get to watch high school boys with their fathers go through it i got to see it here at the ranch multiple times mm-hmm. it's place place is called by the way as you guys know it's called black site ranch and wild jungle w-y-l-d it's 26 acres eight acres is dedicated to animals Four acres of dedicated training where you get to see the gun training. We don't use live ammo here just because it's loud and we got we got yeah, zebras most. and ostriches and camels over there. <laughs> um, we use airsoft guns while we're here. But you're getting trained by literally Navy SEALs, guys like Tim Kennedy, the guy fighting Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler. You're going to have to wrestle with him on the, on the mats. Like You mm-hmm. get to get trained by the high-level people. So here at Black Sight Ranch, um, we also had the Squire program multiple times. But even just recently, I just posted a video about it because it was so fascinating to watch. The sons literally had to wrestle the fathers in mud. Yeah, and it was yeah. fun to see like that experience and how much they were like combating, but also helping each other and talking about it and going through. Like, 14-year-old son 
42-year-old dad, wrestling, it's fun to see. Can you walk us through the Squire program? Yeah, so I created the Squire program because I realized that there was no rite of passage for young boys. When I say young boys, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds into manhood. There used to be, generationally speaking, hundreds of thousands of years ago, hundreds of years, 200 years, 300 years ago, a rite of passage where a young man goes through an experience called a rite of passage, right? That's why knights had squires. And it was the knight's job to mold that young man into a knight. And it was the squire's job to clean the sword, to clean the armor, to take care of the horse. And so every young man looks up to the older boys or to his father as a rite of passage into manhood. And he wants to know, do I have what it takes to be a man? It's the dad's job to show that young man, yes, you do. And it's the dad's job to bring other like-minded men to surround him and say, hey, help me mold my son into a capable, confident, savage servant. That stopped happening. This is why we have a high rate of depression, a high rate of anxiety, a high rate of lack of purpose in men today is because the broken up families, whatever the case is, men are no longer mentoring their sons. And so sons are really not sure, like, am I a man yet? Do I have what it takes? Do I have strength, honor? courage, mastery, those four things that a man should have. So the Squire program says, hey, dads, bring your sons for 12 hours. We're going to go through fun experiences. It's going to be challenging. You're going to be pulling a truck together. You're going to do ice bath. You're going to do hikes with logs and backpacks full of rocks and all that stuff. And then you're going to learn from awesome key people who are going to be able to pour into your life. And then at the end of the 12-hour experience, the dads guide the sons through a gauntlet of blindfolded an obstacle course of bear trap razor wire two by fours with rusty nails sticking out of it and it's the father's job to guide that son through all those obstacles to the end of the obstacle course and he takes off the blindfold and the son looks back and he goes holy cow whoa i trusted you so much dad that you took me through this experience at the end of 12 hours like it's a bond that's so incredible every dad goes i brought my son here to give him a rite of passage, I realized I needed this Squire program experience as much as my son did. Mm. And to me, the Boy Scouts are, are, are no longer, or at least hardly exist. And I think this is the next iteration. And if we don't have a rite of passage for young men, then we're just one generation away from losing this great country. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Misogi, let's walk us through that. Um, what so, does that mean? It's a fun word. Yeah, right? so I got to give a shout out to our friend Jesse Itzler. Yeah. Right, so I was hanging out with Jesse a couple years ago. And he goes, Pedros, this thing, the project that you run for men. I go, yeah. He goes, it's like a Masogi. I was like, Jesse, what's the Masogi? Yeah, bless you. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want some allergy pills, Jesse? Right. That's such a good one. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, Jesse, what's the Masogi? He goes, oh, it's a Japanese cultural thing where at the beginning of a new year, some Japanese people will 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 kind of do this purification ritual. The, they might find a cold waterfall and commit to standing under that cold waterfall for four to five hours straight and really make their commitment for the new year to come and wash away the old self and commit to new things they're going to do in the new year and masogi is literally this regeneration of the new you right i was like oh it's like a challenge that's a intention based for the new year yep i was like cool okay i like that so I was like, all right, well, all these people are reaching out to me and saying, hey, I don't want to do the project. It seems pretty violent. Yes. It, I don't want to have to ring a bell and quit on something that I paid money for. And we have over a 50% quit rate for the project, Whoa. right? And it's 75 hours straight. And some people don't want to have their ass pounded in for 75 hours straight. And so I was like, all right, 
I got men and women reaching out to do something like the project, but not as intense. The Squire program is 12 hours. Fathers and sons seem to love it. If I can take the Squire program and make it for men and women, a 12-hour challenge mm -hmm. with intention brought into it. Like, why are you doing this? I, I just got a divorce, or I just sold my business, and I'm looking for my next sense of purpose, or I know I need some, I need to break through some limiting beliefs that I have, like a glass ceiling's holding me, and I need a breakthrough. You come here with a new intention to the uh, to the Masogi, and the Masogi experience men and women, entrepreneurs, fathers, moms, whatever they are, we will put them through a 12-hour experience, no quitting and ringing the bell. It's not as intense as the project, but it is very purpose-driven to have you tell us what your intention is for the next 12 months, and then we'll put you through the Masogi. So while you might have 40 people going through the same experience, their end outcome, like you might say, hey, I wanna save more animals. You might say, hey, I wanna be able to donate more this year. Right, and then by the time you leave, because there's journaling involved, how are you going to donate more? Right. How are you going to save more animals? How am I going to help more fathers and sons bond and connect over the next 12 months? And that's what the Masogi is, man. It's like a group challenge, but with individual intention built into it, and it's just a beautiful thing for men and women to go through. All right, the project, the one that's on your hand. Yeah. Walk us through the project. So the project is a little different animal. Uh, I jokingly say that all men need it, most men won't do it, and for those that do, 50% ring the bell and quit. Um, the best way I could describe it is through the four pillars of the project, which is faith, family, fitness, and finance. As men, we need to have our four F-bombs dialed in, faith, family, fitness, and finance. When we do, we get the fifth F-bomb, which is fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And as men, don't we want fulfillment? Like for we sure. want like significance, meaning, fulfillment. Well, faith, family, fitness, finance will get you there. And so it's usually for men who maybe are stuck in life. They don't have a brotherhood to belong to. Um, they're, we've had entrepreneurs go through it. We've had firefighters go through it police officers go through it, former military guys that belong to like to units that were special operations, like army rangers, right? And then all of a sudden they're out of the military and they feel like, I lost my sense of purpose, I lost my team, I lost my mission. And so whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a firefighter, a police officer, or former military, and you lost your sense of purpose, mission, and team, the project is for you. It's a 75-hour experience like think Navy SEAL Hell Week. And in fact, one of our head instructors is a Navy SEAL. The other uh, two are uh, former Marines, well, Marines, Marine Recon, and myself teaching the entrepreneurship and personal discipline part. And the 75 hours straight of the project, usually about 40 men will start, 18 to 20 will graduate. There's a bell there. You could ring and quit anytime. We hope that they don't. Uh, but it's got a 50% dropout rate why because they mentally give up before they physically do it just they think they physically gave up but it was a mental give up ahead of time they negotiated with their inner critic and so i share that with you because the men that graduate the 75 hour experience they're actually all the junior instructors here yeah. like they will fall over themselves to help the brotherhood to be able to work together like we've built so we've got like guys that are senators congressmen uh, professional gamblers, like guys who make money gambling, millions of dollars, uh, dude that owns a fleet of, of uh, private jets, 
firefighters, police officers, former military. I can't really put my finger on the ideal guy that does it, but he knows that he's lacking purpose. He knows that there's some vices that have control over him. He knows that he's alone and doesn't have a tribe of like-minded dudes, and he wants to test and challenge himself. That's who the project is for. Now, here's the magical part. The thing we don't show on Instagram, because we show them going through some hard stuff, right? Ice baths, uh, crawling through the pit, um, staying awake for 36 hours at a time, going to the beach and our Navy SEAL instructor putting them through beach torture. What we don't show is the in-classroom journaling where we talk about the worst things that happen in their life. Trauma, whether it's physical trauma, mental abuse, sexual abuse when they were kids, and how that's limiting their human experience, their marriage, their ability to be better fathers, better entrepreneurs, and we also heal through that experience. So. I know that every dude who comes to the project has some trauma they need to work through. But if I just market it as, hey, come on, <laughs> 40 of us are going to get together yeah. for 75 hours and talk about what happened to us as kids, right. I'll have exactly zero men in right. the class. But if I'm like, hey, a Navy SEAL, two angry Marines, and myself, we're going to put you through this awesome experience where you get to do cool shit. I know, by the way, there's some healing involved, but you're going to learn how to make a lot of money and build a network of great dudes. They come and it's a fun experience. And it's probably one of my most fulfilling things that I do because it's only after every class that every class I'll get at least two guys who reach out to me afterwards and say, I was thinking of taking my life before this and I decided to do the project and it's given me a new lease on life. And and I don't Powerful. get that kind of message from any other experience that I run. Mm. All right, so together we have Operation Black Site. Mm -hmm. We started that three years ago. Literally, it's happening as we speak. I can see people outside as we speak right now in the RV motorhome at Black Site Ranch. Walk us through the concept of Operation Black Site and why that one's an interesting one. Well, first of all, we've got to give credit to you because it was just over three years ago that you texted me. You're like, hey, dude, I'm going to come to your office. I need to use the marker board for an hour and I'm going to pitch you something. I was like, <laughs> Dan, and we had been talking about for years yeah. about doing business together, yeah. working together. And you're like, all right, imagine the project, but no, there's no bleeding because th there is a lot of bloodshed in the project. <laughs> you know, guys will like get cut yeah. and they, they might break a finger. We, you know, might whatever. Break a finger. Yeah, torn muscles. I asked for whatever. one thing. I said no blood. Right? Yeah, I was whiteboarding and I was like, yeah. there's no blood. Yeah. So, so Dan, Dan's pitch to me was like, no blood, no one quits. It's for male and female entrepreneurs, yep. and we teach them how to be their own bodyguard. We teach them how to be their own like superhero. Laura Croft. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so, dude, the way you pitched it was so perfect. You're like, what if we got the best of the best, like Tim Kennedy and Michael Chandler, like UFC fighters and, and Green Berets and Navy SEALs to teach them. But they're not just being rough and tumble with these people like we are at the project. At the project, we're very rough and tumble with them. Here, it's a very different experience. We have lunch served. We have Gatorade. We have, you know, junior instructors taking care of you. You know, if you need, we have sunscreen, whatever, right? It's a very white glove experience to help you become your own bodyguard, to become a human weapon. And I think now more than ever, it's necessary because post 2020, we see where the world has gotten to. Cops aren't in Austin. Right. Unless you're literally in the moment being shot or stabbed, cops aren't even coming out, right? right? Especially not in LA. Not in LA, mm -hmm. not in San Francisco. You actually get in trouble to stop the <laughs> criminals in LA. Right. Like literally so, in trouble. Yeah, so you have to be your own first line of defense. And who better from to learn from than some of the most articulate savages on the planet? You know, UFC fighter Michael Chandler, um, 
Tim Kennedy, Green Beret, and literally he's like Captain America. <laughs> right. Tony Blower, 40 years of 40 training. years of tactical training of right. every special operations community on the planet. Steve Eckert's yelling at you. So you still get the full experience. Yeah. You still yeah. get Steve Eckert yelling at yeah. you. <laughs> and then in between for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you and I bring in some right. awesome guests yeah. who take these male and female entrepreneurs and educate them. Like we bring in some high capacity, high level entrepreneurs and guests where they can learn from to scale their businesses, to scale their leadership skills, to scale their marketing, to scale their sales system. And then you go back to doing the training. Right. Whether I it's- I didn't even know that Tim Grover's walking in, Dave Meltzer, Cole right. Hatter, guys that get 50,000, 100,000 a speech, just all this weekend, we're just walking in. Like, yep. Hey guys, start yeah. teaching, teaching them about business and life. And the cool thing about Operation Blackside is the way we do it is it's a 12 month experience. So they get three experiences and people that have never shot a pistol before uh, how often do we ask them like okay who who went and bought a pistol now when they come to the second experience right. oh i bought a pistol yeah. who's applying for their concealed carry permit oh my god i'm getting my concealed carry permit well how come now they feel confident and capable with the pistol and they learn from one of the best in the industry and we have a full-on shoot house that we built out here with like many different rooms and levels to it etc um, and, and I think Operation Black Site really takes the best of the project, the Squire program, and Masogi, and puts it in a place for male and female entrepreneurs can come and learn and benefit from. So right now, Operation Black Site is quarterly. My goal, my dream, and we're going to turn into reality is to make it monthly. And at mm -hmm. some point, we might even build it where like it can happen all the time. Right. Exactly. Tarzan, you just went through Operation Black Site again. Walk us through your experience, even though you were, you were training also, because you did a fear training. You brought out these... 15 foot snakes and made each of the the guests and members here wear the snake and get over that fear of wearing a 15 foot snake so outside of the training part of it walk us through as an experience because you went through and you were wrestling with <laughs> literally tim kennedy and michael chandler walk us through learning how to shoot and fight and escape out of handcuffs from these guys it's a beautiful thing man honestly it's my fifth operation black site i uh, did four last year this is a one year anniversary mm -hmm. actually um and uh well it's on a ranch and uh it's been great man seeing all the the, you know, you guys are so in sync with putting everybody in the shoe house, putting everybody there, flip-flopping them, 5 o'clock in the morning training. And, and you see, like you said, from the first one to the second one to the third one, everybody's getting more comfortable. Yeah. They're, they're, they're communicating more. It's magic, man. You know, and then we got these, these motivational speakers to get me amped up. You know, mm -hmm. we got uh, Tim Grover, the same guy that's been coaching Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. You know, he's coming here giving you insight on how to be a savage. Tim's showing you how to shoot and protect your family and what it takes to be, like, aware in these chaotic situations. Yeah. You know, Michael Chandler's showing you how to slow down and methodically wrestle and punch and, you know, build up for a fight, train right, not eat, you know, bull crap and, and, and feel confident going into battle. Yeah. You know, and, and you see these guys and they're so nice. They're so sweet. They're so welcoming. And you so see deadly. Them, it's so deadly, yeah. you know. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> from someone like myself that uh, I'm like, uh, I'm street smart, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm animal instinctual. So I, I'm, I'm always sitting back and looking around. And when I first saw these guys, I'm like, bro, these guys, I can feel something about, For sure, you know, yeah. these uh, these men, they ain't this normal. Yeah. Just, you know, guys lifting in the gym thinking they're some, right. they're tough guys. Some yeah. of these guys. They're, they're cut from a different cloth. Different cloth. cloth yeah. and you can feel it, you know, yeah. and seeing them interact with the women and the kids and you know, mm -hmm. people that are not necessarily slacking, but don't have the physical attributes to keep up at five o'clock in the morning, going up the hill and see how supportive they are. And yeah. then seeing the level of someone that is fit, that's dying. And Steve's yeah. like, get your up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you know, it, it's cool to see the, the, the dope balance. I'm here seeing you guys come through and do the project for a few hours. And I'm like, bro, that is intense. 
intense. Yeah. You know, and I see uh, I see Squire from a distance, and it, it's it's heartwarming. Yeah, you know, right. it's like I, I love to see the yeah. levels of not only just the levels of it, it's just the commitment from everybody. Yeah. You know, the guys are walking around with the same tats on the same hand. Right. Like, these guys are brothers, man. Yeah. This is what a community, it takes a village to raise, That's it. In, 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 raise a man, you know. And even myself, I learned so much. Sure. And within, you know, I, I attached myself to one of the big fitness trainers, Byron. Every day we're working out. He's driving an hour and a half from Santa Clarita, where he lives at, and we're working out every day. Well, I'm talking to Tim, yeah. you know, all the time about my travels. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, send me your location so I can know you're safe and, <laughs> and you know, anywhere That's around the exactly world. You got Chris, you know, I'm safe as you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Chris texting me, hey, if you need anything, you know. So it's cool to have this network of fellas around. You know, they yeah. call it. They call randomly on random Thursdays yeah. when there's black site three months away. You know, like, hey, just check it on. See, yeah. see yeah. how you're doing. Did you go to the gym today? Did you yeah. work out? You know, and, and I love the accountability everybody keeps. You know, so it's cool, man. It's a great. A great uh, healthy, you know, group of people to be around. Even if it's three days, yep. you know, four times or four times a year, it's it pay it it it's fully change me as a person, you know. And so I can't even imagine people going through it in depth and detail. Right. You know, right. being in there every single course, you know. So it's 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 beautiful, man. And and think about this too, right? Um, the last Operation Black Site class that we ran mm-hmm. three months ago, your friend and business partner Vince, yep, who owns Elevator Studios, yep. Or Hubble Studio, yeah. Or sorry, yep. Hubble Studios. Like, he had come, he had learned these things, and he's got a concealed carry permit. And we saw the footage from his home security system. Hundreds of millions of views. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, he's literally coming home from the gym, and in behind him come two dudes with guns, and they try and get his attention, unbeknownst him as he's at his front door. He sees that they have pistols. With his wife and baby inside. Right. Behind that door. Obviously, those bad guys had an intention to get in that house and do bad things. Yes. And they had no idea that your your friend and business partner, Vince, was trained in carrying a pistol. Yep. And he was able to handle those two guys. Within 1.4 seconds. Within 1.4 seconds. And got cover, shot back. They took off, protected his family. Who knows what could have happened? So if yeah. when, when people go, ah, but this, this doesn't happen to me. It sounds like really cool stuff. I get to be my own bodyguard. I get to be. I get to learn these skills. But could it happen to me? It happened to someone we know on camera. On camera, right? And let's face it. When you're calling the police, odds are they're not going. They're not coming to save the day. They're coming to take the report. Like you are your first line of defense. And if you're a high level entrepreneur or you have a family member that maybe could get kidnapped and then you could get hit up for ransom money, you probably want them to learn from Chris Weichman on how to, I mean, the guy's a SEER instructor, right? Which is to survive, escape, resist, and evade. Um, he kidnapped me on Friday, by the way. Right. That's what I heard, yeah. You're, you're going to see that on TV. He literally put a hood over my head and threw me in the back of a trunk. So I did um, escape, though. <laughs> so imagine that. Knowing that if, God forbid, you get kidnapped, yeah. zip-tied, handcuffed, how to talk your way out of it, how to find, you know, leave crumbs for your future yeah. rescuers, how to be able to tell where you're going, how to wordsmith them to humanize yourself. And then worst case scenario, if you're left alone, how to break out of the handcuffs, yeah. zip ties, duct tape, yeah. so that you can find safety. The only reason I escaped is what I learned from him mm-hmm. three months prior. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd still be in the back of that trunk. Right. Or worse. And, and then what do the cops do when they come? They just draw a chalk mark around your body, mm-hmm. right? And they notify your next of kin, well, I'm so sorry this happened, but here's a report. Right. Like, I don't want that. I want to be able to survive. I want my family to be able to survive and then live to tell the story. All right, Bajos, last question. As I mentioned at the beginning, there are 
a line of people that are paying you $100,000 for one-on-one coaching. Yeah. You were only able to take 50 because, yep. holy smokes, that's a lot of work. And luckily, you put in the work and you have the efficiency to, to handle 50 of these clients at $100,000 each. You guys can do the math at home. Why is it important for people, whether they're spending 10 grand for a coach, 25 grand, 50 grand, 100,000 for the most elite coaches, why is it important for people in business especially to bring on coaches and mentors? Yeah. So I, I say this to all of my domination year coaching clients, right? And remember, I teach specifically entrepreneurs how to scale their business and time collapse that process as in get three years of results in 12 months which is why we call it domination year the reality is success leaves clues like you've done things already and you figured out what doesn't work for sure you've wasted time money and energy figuring out what doesn't work and who doesn't work i want to pay you money mm-hmm. and who doesn't work right. exactly i want to pay you money to avoid those mistakes and get the cheat code. You figured out how to grow your Instagram at a clip of what, 100,000 every every three days. days. I wanna pay you money to learn what works and to avoid all the mistakes that you had to go through. That is the beautiful thing about coaching. Success leaves clues. Someone out there has already achieved what you wanna achieve. Pay them, get the blueprint. Why try and figure it out on your own? That's just functionally stupid to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we wanted to do this special episode because Bedros happened to be here for Operation Black Site. We're going to try to drag him into the RV motorhome multiple times throughout the year because, as I mentioned, he has built 600 locations of business for his Fit Body Boot Camps. He has built his coaching business, his fitness events, his training, his coaching, everything in between, so you get to get all these interesting nuggets. That's why we wanted to walk through some of those events and why it's important for you guys to consider masterminds, coaching, getting trained to become a human weapon, all the types of things that you heard today. We have uh, the Aspire Tour, which is a very inexpensive event that goes around the country with 2,000 to 4,000 people per city. Um, we do the 100 Million Mastermind here, as Bedros mentioned, which is actually coming up right now, um, probably the week after you guys hear this one. Um, that's our five-year anniversary. That's $100,000 per person. Everyone there has at least a $5 million company or higher. It's 100 grand a year uh, going into our fifth year uh, for that one since 2019. Uh, that one is to me, my most emotional one because I started it as a passion project to make the most you know, high-end experience weekend because we go to and we've all been to and we speak at a lot of masterminds that are just in like a hotel ballroom mm-hmm. and then you leave. And so I wanted to make this with like celebrities and athletes and stadiums and arenas and make it fun, crazy experience. Um, and then we have the Money Is Mastermind, 706 members, 15 grand each. And we add 60 to 100 new members every single month. Huge. We have the Power Room Mastermind, $30,000. Uh, there's 114 members in that one. We have the Chairman's Club, $50,000. Uh, that one we keep small. That's around 50 people. We might add some more people to it. And then the 100 Million Mastermind is my my baby, um, which is the one right around the time that you guys are hearing this. Uh, we do that four times throughout the year. Bedros has walked you through real-life training. You guys can sign up or check out websites to find out more about these things. And maybe it's not for yourself. It might be for your husband, your wife, your parents, your friends, people in your circle, coworkers, etc. You might want to buy it as a gift, but coaching changes your life. Even though I speak at a lot of events, I sit front row when my friends speak. If you notice when Bedros, when you spoke today, what did I do? Yep, right there. I, I, I pushed Michael Chandler out of the way, one seat over, not too hard because I don't want him to hit me. Hit me. <laughs> I pushed Michael Chandler one seat over and I sat front row to listen to Bedros, my dear friend, for half a decade or longer. longer. I literally sat front row to still learn. Even though I'm also the speaker, I'm still learning. And by the way, Tarzan did the same thing. And did I just mention that Michael Chandler was sitting front row? The guy fighting Conor McGregor 
was sitting front row to listen to his dear friend, Pedros, speak. Because when you get to a certain business level or life level, think about what one little adjustment does. What if I would learn one thing from Pedros? Let's say I'm doing X amount of millions of dollars a year and Pedros teaches me something that changes it by 3%. And let's just say I'm doing 10 million. Well, that just changed my life mm-hmm. by $300,000 a year. So what if you're sitting there right now listening and you do a million dollars a year and someone can coach you or teach you how to save or make 3% a year? That's 30 grand a year over and over and over and that information doesn't go away. Right. So you could pay someone as a coach once, five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand. There's plenty of free events, by the way. I have elevator nights that are free. We throw those all the time. Bader still has events that are free that you can come for these live events where there are 500 bucks or a thousand bucks for a ticket for things like they're affordable or free events also. So I don't want to say that everything has to be 30 grand, 50 grand, hundred grand. I want you to understand there's plenty of things you can learn on YouTube and social media, but to really learn and get what they say, like knees to knees or chest to chest with people, it is better to be in the room. So if you can, and when you're able to, especially if you guys are listening, you have a business. If you have a business doing millions of dollars, you have to get coaching and mentors. You have to. The efficiencies of learning how to do your taxes better, how to do your hiring better, how to do your firing better, how to do your sales better, it changes the entire course of your business. And that all compounds. So as you listen to Bedros, as you listen to Tarzan today, be the person that's sitting front row. Go online, research as much as you can. Check out a lot of things that you heard today from Squire Program, Masogi, The Project, Operation Blackside, etc. Check these things out. Research for yourself or for your friends and family. And most importantly, have these real life discussions with your friends, family, and followers about why they should be getting coached, why they should be going to events, why should we talk about money. That's the whole concept of the Money Mondays and why we've been out there and been able to be the number one entrepreneur podcast for 43 out of the 52 weeks since we started this thing. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Follow Pedro's Cooley on social media. You're probably already following The Real Tarzan and we will see you guys next Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays. We have a very special guest for this evening. When I say evening, it is late night here at the ranch. We're at the wild jungle, 26 acres of animals. I got the real Tarzan sitting next to me, 206 animals outside. We just did the Operation Blackside event all day long with Navy SEALs, gun training, UFC fighting with Michael Chandler. There's a lot going on. And after all that, this guy just did the closing speech at Operation Blackside five minutes ago and we ran over to the RV motorhome to make a podcast for you guys because it is important to have these discussions about money we all grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money and we here think it's rude to not talk about money and so we cover three core topics how to make money how to invest money how to give it away to charity typically we do the podcast for under 40 minutes because the average workout is 45 minutes minutes. the average commute to work is 45 minutes so we'd like to keep these podcasts at 35 to 40 minutes for you guys so you know what you're in for and that is why the podcast has been number one in the entrepreneur category for 43 out of the 52 weeks since we started this podcast so i'm co-hosted here with the real tarzan as i always say the real tarzan gets over 200 million views a month across social media except he's gonna have over 200 million views just this month just on instagram so I actually have no idea what his total number is across all the platforms because he broke 200 million just on Instagram just in the month of January. Crazy. It is literally crazy. Crazy. Stop. So yeah. our guest today is a speaker. He throws his own events. He built a furniture store that does tens of millions of dollars in revenue. I'm going to let him tell his story. So please give a warm round of applause to Mr. Eric Rock. Nah, what's up, guys? Thank you. Woo! All right, so the way it works here is we ask you if you can do a quick two-minute bio so we can get straight to the money. Oh, bio. Okay. So um, let's see. I grew up in Nevada. I now live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I think the thing that got me out of hell 
in my life was entrepreneurship, diving all in. So for over a decade, we built and curated one of the coolest stores, I think, in America. Um, it's called Consigned Furniture and Jewelry, but um, it's the largest furniture and jewelry consignment stores in the country we built. Um, we're in Nevada, Washington, Idaho. We serve several states that are around those, uh, those areas. And um, that was sort of the core business that introduced me to the world of entrepreneurship. And uh, it's funny, the, the whole story for me started on a bloat mattress in an upstairs office with two free months of rent in an industry I knew nothing about. So it's, the journey's been profound. It's been really fun. And um, that led me to a life of real estate investing and um, this next chapter's impact. So here I am. I like it. Yep. So on the making money side, how does and why do you, did you go down the path of furniture and jewelry? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, opportunities come in funny ways. You never know um, when you're making an investment, oftentimes it doesn't feel like an opportunity. A lot of times it feels like an expense. Um, and it's cool now to be able to teach this to people because I think opportunity is everywhere, but at least I had the wherewithal at 28 years old, um, 27 years old actually, to say yes to an opportunity. So there was a furniture store that had gone out of business. It was just a small consignment store. And um, we loved the whole concept of this thing, um, not needing money tied up in inventory. Mm -hmm. It just seemed genius. And um, so as a family, we, we went all in on it. And um, that was where we got our start. So knowing nothing about the business, all I knew is that if this fails, it's on us. And, um, and that was enough to get me started. So as someone is deciding like, you know what? I need to make some more money. Life is expensive. I'm working my job. I'm making 15 bucks an hour. Things aren't really, not building up enough income. What would you say to someone that's ready to make the leap to start making more money and finally realizing that it's time to make more money. Yeah, most people are slaves. They're slaves to the dollar. They're slaves to the people that understand the game. They understand leverage and ownership. I love this conversation and I love working with people that are at that place where they're ready to break something, do something different. Most people are stuck in life. How many times do you hear this? I feel stuck. Everyone's stuck, man, it's hard. <laughs> Life's not easy, but I would say in this country in America, next time you're on a plane, you're flying into Vegas, you're flying into LA, look down at the ground, all those things down there, someone built those. There's an entrepreneur behind every single thing that's ever been built, and that alone is profound enough, I think, for you to start trying to think differently. But a lot of people don't know the rules to the game. They're playing by, the, by a different set of standards and rules than, than the ultra wealthy. And then people that have means and have a little bit of freedom, but there are levels to this and every level I think the rules change and that's what's cool is trying to figure out like how to break the code, how to advance your position in life. So for you sitting out there right now, listening to this podcast, you have an electronic device, whether you're listening on a cell phone, a laptop or whatever device you're listening on. And now on that electronic device, you probably have Wi-Fi because you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, etc. Maybe it's on YouTube. That means, by definition, you have access to the whole wide world in your literal phone or laptop on your fingertips. And inside of that laptop, inside of that phone, inside of that electronic device, there are mobile apps. There are websites that you can make money right this second. You can set up a profile to go be a dog walker, to go house sit for someone, to go rent out your extra bedroom and your apartment, for you to be a chef, for you to be a Spanish tutor, for you to teach the guitar, for you to literally do any skill or not really a skill like house sitting or walking a dog to make money right now. Outside of the obvious, you could be an Uber driver, Postmates, Uber Eats, Instacart, etc., and make extra money that way. You can pick up a skill, go get training and learn how to do injections and make 150 bucks a pop, go do IVs at 250 bucks a pop. 
These are things that you can get your certification in weeks or months yep. and start making real money. Like real money. If you're good at being a hair, <laughs> hairstylist, you're good at doing makeup, you're good at doing massage, you can actually sign up for apps and start doing that immediately sure. to make extra money right this second. There is no excuse. Yep. I know 15-year-olds that make 10 grand a month. Editing, powerful. <laughs> editing video clips for 100 bucks a pop, 200 bucks a pop. That adds up. You do two videos a day, 200 bucks, 150 bucks a pop. True. Times up by 30, you're making 10 grand, you're 15 years old. Right. There is no excuse for you listening right now to make more money. And by the way, if it's not you, I could be talking to your sons, daughters, nephews, uncles, nieces, friends, people that are just deadbeat and owe you money for rent and they're staying in your extra room. Like there are ways for you to make money right this second from your cell phones and laptops. So as you're listening to podcasts like this and you're hearing us talk about money, there are ways for you to make money and they're literally in your hand right this second. Eric, as you start to build the business, you go from one store to two stores to three stores to four stores, etc. When do you decide to take some of the capital from your core business to start investing into real estate? That's a great question. And I've, it's funny, I've said this a million times and I became partners with a billionaire who's like a second father to me. He's, I've become very close with him and it's amazing. He told me something that I resonated with so well. He owns um, uh, stores, uh, thousands of stores all across the world, rental equipment. He, he rents out uh, scissor lifts, booms, but he said it really good and it resonated with the reality of, of kind of what I did, at just a smaller scale. But he said, man, it felt like every year, 40 years in business, every single year, the business would do just enough money to squeeze out one piece of real estate. Every store could do just, it felt like it was barely surviving. It could do just enough to leverage one piece of dirt. And he did that and over and over and over again. And I've always thought like all the big bangs for me, all the big wins, they came from dirt that like inadvertently I was able to squeeze out of one of the years of the business here or here or here. And it's amazing, especially through that period of time we had pre-COVID and then COVID. Amazing how <laughs> that land appreciated all that dirt, all that money, all that equity just seemed to show up on the buildings that we buy, all that equity just showed up. And um, from there, the game of refinance, putting the money in new things. Once you get the spark and you know the rules to the game, your life will change. I always say, get an engine first though. So when we have an engine that's working and we understand the advantages of taxes and really how to leverage all this, now we would probably lose money if we don't buy buildings. So somehow the business, learning the business first, going all in on one thing, getting really good at one thing, Inadvertently, if you could pair that with with real estate, I mean, this is real estate to me is the ultimate vehicle in life. At some point, you're going to realize you're stupid if you don't. You're actually dumb if you don't buy real estate. Like historically, is the dumbest thing that you can do is not buy dirt because it that dirt is kept up from paying taxes. We have so much depreciation. Like we're saving so much money because we understand the same rules that Warren Buffett understands, and that's power right there. Tarzan, we bought some dirt here. We're sitting on 26 acres. Eight acres is dedicated for you in the wild jungle and growing because we're going to take some pieces, a couple acres out and add more animals and more sections. So ultimately, almost half of this Black Site Ranch and wild jungle combined is dedicated to the animals. Spent $3.1 million building out the animal section to make them happy, go lucky, big sections, big areas where zebras and horses and camels and ostriches could run you know, have a full acre, half an acre, quarter acre, two acres, et cetera, for their spaces. Talk us through why is it important for animals to have the space that we do? Cause we've given them lots and lots of space. 
What are some other things that you'd like to see happen over the course of time, and why is the wild jungle important to you? Great question. Um, the aspect of the space is for enrichment. Um, animals in captivity, you know, they used to be wild animals, you know, DNA-wise. So they carry a lot of characteristics or traits, whether they hang out in a herd or some hang out in a troop or some are solo, you know, or some have a mate or some have 40 mates, you know. So you got to be able to use, like, different techniques and shifting animals in pens like camels, for instance. Camels really can't be on grass. So most people will get grass in captivity and put camels on grass. Well, where does the camel live? It lives in a desert, you know. So whenever it sees vegetation, it's going to eat it. So if the camel's also peeing and pooping on grass and also eating the grass, it's going to get an infection. It's going to get bacteria. It's going to get something that it's not supposed to have normally in the wild. We keep our camels on dirt, but a big plot of dirt. Mm-hmm. So we're just eliminating the aspect that they're going to eat any vegetation that can in return cause them an infection, some bacteria, even death. Usually just liquefies them. They poop all day and they just don't make it. Uh, and that's the number one killer of camels in captivity is that little aspect. So when you take an animal and you give it space and you give it a mate and you give it something that also shares the same territory as it would in the wild, like ostriches, camels, zebras, tortoises, and you make it terrain or you make a little ecosystem, you can shift them around and keep them happy and healthy, you know, and uh, with our, you know, eight acres and 13 acres, um, the, the wild jungle is going to be lots of forts that are big, you know, lots of places and plots of land that are big that can help animals that are in captivity reach that enrichment. You know, we have snakes and stuff or lizards or we got a pond we built here, you know, and a lot of people keep lizards. We love lizards. In a, in a reptile world, you know. What are you doing with the pond that's right here that looks like they're just finishing? K- it? Komodo Island. Komodo Island. Komodo Island. It's yeah. Dope. If you haven't seen it, you could go see Komodo we, Island. We've got our big lizards and they get to swim deep versus swimming in a small bowl, but it keeps them, you know, mentally happy and healthy where you can work with it. You know, a, a stress free animal is a great animal to work with in captivity because you can get close to it, you can check on it, you can medicate it, you can pair it with something because you're so in tune with that animal. Mm. And you're trying to give it its longest life. Sure. You know, so the, the wild jungle is like a real passion project because I spent my lifetime with animals, you know. Yeah. So being with different species, being with different staff, you know, we got a, uh, like 13 guys now here, you know, helping so you out. You feel how much work goes into this place. It's yeah. a business for sure. What a great use of the dirt, though. Yeah, and, man. And it's cool that you get to do your passion <laughs> as part of the whole game. Like, yeah, man. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. What a way to live life. And also to have Black Sight Ranch going on right next yeah, to it. Dope. And no animal stressed out. It's just so, it's such a yeah. great balance we have, yeah. you know, where these guys all love and appreciate animals. Yeah, they got cool. all types of military stuff going on, and the animals they see them when they run by in the morning, like, "Hey, what's yeah. up?" And on their morning feeds and stuff. So it's cool to be able to u- utilize something like Black Sight or doing wedding events or just doing something oh, events, different, yeah. you know, that can yeah. bring less stress for the animals, but also still bring them up. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, it's a it's a big big huge project, and you've been leading the leading the way, man. You know, he's, he's been putting different pieces of the wild jungle together so we can utilize all the finances and monetizing it. Two hundred million views a month. We're averaging over here. Yeah. You know, um, 
we're trying to get the neighbor so we can make a safari, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're definitely what's an animal that you want to bring in? What's like a dream animal that you'd want to hear have on the property here? Kangaroos. Oh, cool. I want I want to squat a kangaroo. <laughs> cool. So I'm all the kangaroos. Deep, not, I they saw can punch me, kick me. I don't care. I saw <laughs> a grass kangaroo over there. <laughs> yeah. Is that real? Yeah, that's it's not real. Oh, uh, okay. But, but yeah, that was made by the plant guy. Yes, yeah, made by the plant guy. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Okay, Eric. So you started last year, every single Thursday, throwing events in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. Walk us through the concept. Why do you do it? That's a lot of time and energy. Why is it important to you? Who's coming? What's going on there? Yeah, it's called Man on a Mission. Um, yeah, the whole thing started with a podcast. I knew I, if I was ever going to get to the version of myself, it was going to, honestly, I'll just say it, like how I say it. it. Like what kind of version of Eric Rock is going to stand next to God at death and be okay with what I did on this earth? Somehow I connected the thread of that thought to doing the scariest things and impact being the dominating force that kind of connected me to that emotion. And, um, my scariest thing is talking in front of people. It's these fucking cameras, like all that. I, I avoid it. I, I, I dreaded it for years, like the plague. Um, but I'd see people, man, there was always something inside me that, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I started getting around people that were serving at high levels and I started losing people. People started dying that I was really close to. And that death just hit me in so many profound ways. And as I was trying to grapple with the reality that we, mortality is, is <laughs> when you're a kid, it's like you always think death is so far away. And then you get a little bit older and you start losing people and you realize, fuck, it wasn't that long ago before they were my age. This is going to go quick. And that thought haunted me at night. It just bothered me. So somehow the work I'm doing now, because I don't need to do this, this has had to be about a why that would push me past my own insecurities. And I really started getting around people that were serving at the highest levels. Ed Milet was one of the first people that, that I put into, I invested into, and the outcome of that investment was me stepping in the light, overcoming my insecurities. And essentially what we did up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is we built our own stage. We built our own audience, our own community, and every single Thursday, I'm challenging myself to flex out in front of that audience in one of the most beautiful locations in America, right on this gorgeous lake with a floating green, and we bring value to the community. We, um, we challenge people to step in the light, find their voice. We do mini TED Talks. Everyone has a chance to tell their story, elevate their brand, and um, we try to we really try to slay dragons together. What is the scary things we're not doing? Somehow the seed of that motivation, inspiration every Thursday out of our local community has turned into a really powerful movement. It's helped the, it's helped the brand, it's helped the podcast. Everything I'm doing now in the forefront with personal brand is crazy how many other resources along the way I've realized are there. It's, not, it's sort of fun to teach this now because I think it's almost like a franchise model that anyone could run with. Many people do similar things actually. But what it's done for me is it's given me fulfillment and happiness. That's the main thing. Money didn't really give me happiness in the way that I hoped it would when I started getting the material wants because they all kind of got normal really quick. But impact is different. Impact is fun and and it really it touches my heart when you think about how many children are suffering, how much pain is out there, how much <laughs> how much evil is out there. Somehow this work now gives me a purpose and a meaning it gives me a mission and we built a whole brand around it and the impact is what it's all really about so two years ago you weren't really speaking no. you said you were nervous you weren't going to go on camera you weren't really doing much social media you you brought on ed Milet to help guide the way uh you became close with jesse lee one of our mutual friends yeah. who sadly passed away who she was a shining light and you know on many stages and doing a ton of social media content 
And I just I watched your evolution the last two years in particular. Obviously, you were doing it before, but the last two years in particular when sure. um, being surrounded by greatness like Ed and like Jesse. Um, tell us about that transition and uh, yeah. why you decided to finally step into the light. Brother, I, I think it's like this, man. Um, there's a lot of people out there. We've, we've said they feel stuck or they, they're meant for more. They, I hear this all the time. You've really got to murder your old self. You have to... I knew when I started getting around greatness, you know what it feels like when you're around people that are just great. They're doing life on a different frequency, different vibration at the highest levels. It's always serving, I've found, is the thing that connects the greatest people in the world. They serve at high capacity. And um, they're thinking way past money. You know what I mean? They're thinking about, I think they're literally thinking about God and how they serve. And um, you get around that energy and it's clear, for me it was clear, I gotta murder myself. I have gotta destroy this air. He can't exist anymore. And that was super scary. I didn't know exactly how I was gonna do it, but I knew there had to be, the ROI I was looking for in the investments I made with Ed, as I just needed a visible, seeable, different Eric Rock, someone that was so different, so different, that next year, every anyone that's around me is gonna say, holy shit, man, what happened to you? Like crazy. And that was gonna force me into the light, into the scariest things that I do, um, on a regular basis and just be consistent with it. And I think the thing that I did, which most people do, I would assume when they murder themselves, is we create a new identity. And that new identity, I wouldn't look at it as like a 75 hard program because that has an end date. I said, oh, I'm just gonna do this the rest of my life. I'm gonna put the gas pedal down. I'm gonna do it professionally. I'm gonna bring on teams, great people, all them. I'm gonna make all the investments. I, I'm just gonna do what it takes. I'm gonna treat it like a business, but I'm gonna go all in on this investment and I'm gonna murder the old Eric Rock and that's when it slowly starts happening. You don't see it at first. It's one listener at a time. Forget followers, just get a few listeners and just stay with old versions of you. I know that this Eric can help the 2010 Eric, the 2012 Eric, the 2014 Eric. I've said this so many times. That was profound enough for me to start doing this work. I didn't need to make it about anything else. I didn't need to make it about myself. I just thought about the kid that was suffering in 2008, 2002 when I graduated high school. That was probably the worst version of me. I don't even, I don't even want to remember those years, but I, I would say that there were so many nights when I thought, am I going to wake up tomorrow morning? Like it was that fucked in my life. And so when I think about serving now, it's like, just hold that kid's hand. It makes it so much easier because you can get so overwhelmed with all the noise, all the cameras, and you touch a hot oven, it's hot, you don't want to touch it anymore. You better create some powerful connections to why you're doing this. And for me, that was just enough to keep me showing up over and over and over again. And from there, momentum starts to come in. And you know the game with momentum. That's when it's time to gas pedal down. And that's kind of right where I feel like I'm at. I'm about to go start kicking down a lot of fucking doors. Why not? I'm gonna die. Like it's just an easy thought. It's easy connections, and I realize now fear will probably be with me the rest of my life. I just gotta roll with it. I'm always gonna be there because it's, it's so far for me. It hasn't felt any different. I just spoke at your event tonight. Heartbeats fluttering out of my chest. My stomach feels like it's gonna throw up. My mouth's real dry, and here I am bleeding, motherfucker. Like this is how I have to talk. This is how I have to be in order to give all of what I have to the world. I don't know how to curate it. And so it comes out how it comes out, but that's what it looks like to step into fear and do it anyway. Tarzan, are there animals that you are scared of? <laughs> Humans. Oh, that's <laughs> good. That's always our uh, that's so good. our favorite our favorite thing to say, you know, because being with animals is, you know, I'm also I'm the I'm also the voice for the animals, the voice of the voiceless, you know, and um, oh, so good. if I were to be a human and 
ask another human, like, you know, what's the most dangerous animal? They could say, oh, a tiger because it rips you up, or a shark because this, or, and it's like, yeah, but no, as humans, you know, because we talked earlier, you know, and it was like, humans, they're going to, sh- they're smiling your face, and they'll want to eat you later. They'll stab you in the back, you know, they'll set you up nice and ride off with all your stuff, you know. And you'll be uh, leave you with nothing, and they'll feel nothing about you having zero. It kill you for it, yeah. you know. Or a tiger ain't gonna say, "Oh, look at this little human over here." Oh, I'm gonna purr and rub against this yeah, human's leg, him. and then when I get behind, I'm gonna, you know, bite him in the back of the head. No, so and tiger's coming straight at you, you know. Or that shark swimming, he's like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Cool, enjoy water," you know, and he just keeps swimming. Or he's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna eat that thing." It's pure innocence. You know, that shark ain't going to be your friend and eat you later. It might even make the wrong move, you know. But Four days ago, Tarzan. <laughs> One shark died. <laughs> I saw him put his hand on the shark's face and just kind of move it out of the way. Where were you? Uh, I went to um, Hawaii. <laughs> uh, not too far away from Cali, where we're at now. And I got some friends over there that do one ocean diving. And um, they are literally the kings and the queens of all of the sea. They hang out and swim with great white sharks. Right. Come on. Bro, I'm talking like 22 foot. I know, but you weren't even wearing anything. Like, you weren't wearing that. Bro, you don't have to. You got teachers like that, you can trust them. Damn, you know? That's crazy. They roll okay, up okay, and okay, swim well, deep, bro. Would you swim bro. with a great white shark? What? Would you swim with a great white shark? I just, you just said it so casually. I thought I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. They yeah. swim with tiger sharks. Sandbar sharks. They swim with them. They bull sharks. You know, I mean, there's, bro, there's a plethora of sharks out there. <laughs> Black tip sharks. Bro, there's That's real. white sharks. You got a picture? Oh, we got tons of pictures. Tons of videos. Yeah. But, you know, they swim with tiger sharks and they do shark surveys. They do shark conservation. They remove hooks off of sharks. They are doing everything to stop shark fin soup. They're changing laws where people can't just go kill sharks for no reason really, yeah. there's like a hundred thousand uh sorry a hundred million sharks killed every year by humans sure and there's like i don't know, like eight or 18 human deaths by sharks yeah. in the last like 25 years or something humans like that are vicious, you know so when you when you when you when you really think about how big the ocean is and how many <laughs> sharks that. are out there that. <laughs> yeah yeah that's let me see that one that's crazy is that her? yeah that's, dude that's, that's ocean yeah it's ocean ramsey's bro like <laughs> Bro, Come do you on. see that shark? That's no. not fake. That's crazy. It's not CGI. That's so, a real living, breathing, swimming thing that so, they call a great white shark, and she's just rolling with it, incredible. hanging out with it, moving it, saying, hey, bro, yeah. it's nuts, dog, how these people understand yeah. the world underneath the surface. It's, it's deep, bro. <laughs> and they just go off to just off the shore. They're literally living on the beach, born and raised in yeah. that same area where they do their shark surveys, and they do them all around the world. She told me she swam with an orca. She didn't have her camera with her, and I like came up and was like hanging out with her. Would you rather swim with an orca or a great white? Both, you know, an orca all day. Who are you more scared of? Neither, bro. You go no, with I'm a not, teacher. No you you, I'm not. I'm not saying this as like be a random person going a boat and jump in the water and go sure. try to hang out with a shark. Don't do, yeah, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't do that. You know, um, I'm not doing it <laughs> again. And with me talking about ocean Ramses and one sharks and one ocean diving, those are teachers. Sure. You follow. I'm a student, so you follow what the teachers do, what they say. And, and they lead by an example. Maybe. It's up to you to make that decision if you want to be a marine biologist, herpetologist, primatologist, sure. and go in those footsteps. 
you know. Um, so it, swimming with an orca, you know, you go with someone that's been swimming with orcas, you know, that's swim or go to Norway. There's a, a gangster program that does, it's like anti-sea world, anti-whales in captivity, anti-poaching. They stop all types of stuff and they're just doing great conservation. Swimming sure. with orcas, dude. <laughs> not geo footage, Netflix footage, animal plan footage of orcas just like pause they can study them yeah. they're so such an intelligent creature this is the apex predator on the planet <laughs> that thing could eat an elephant if it want if it's if it had legs eat elephants sure. that's how gangster orca is they eat great white sharks for they do, lunch yeah. bro they just eat the kidneys or livers and they're like fuck out of here they eat or they beat up whales you ever seen a whale we've seen three whales the same day that's cool. there was a female whale and there was two males jumping after it swimming next to it trying to mate with it it was insane it was. I saw a whale breach for the first time in person, dude. Yeah, this but this is. You see inspired people. It's like you know. I could go on off all day. You know, I haven't had a chance to like give give uh you yeah, know give them the real proper thank you. Yeah, you know, for bringing one of their students on a daily part of their life, Amazing. hanging out with tiger sharks, bro. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So. You made it all the way to the top of what you want to do with your life. Hey, yeah. I love being a lot of mountains like this. A lot of mountains. Feel that energy. You feel all this. It's all in here, man. It's amazing. All right, Eric. For the last topic, we'd like to talk about is charity. Why do you think it's important for people, or for their themselves and their companies, to get involved in philanthropy? Yeah, if you can put purpose and attach that to your business model, it's genius, on so many different levels. But at the end of the day, we don't do it for money. But I always have been very clear: charity has connected me to some of the best people in the world. It has gotten me a seat at so many different tables. Let me be the one to just tell you. Like charity's good for the business model. You just hurt. You just. I'm just gonna say it. But at the end of the day, like, we're all gonna die. I keep going back to that. What matters? And again, like, if you can connect your business to to charity and make that part of the business plan, I think you drive more traffic. You give more meaning to your products and services. You create a mission for your company that is so much bigger than you that your culture that you can build around it and the buying is really profound. But it gets to help people. You know, we've attached ourselves to so many great, so many great causes. I'm on the board for Make-A-Wish, like, I, I, you know, kids with cancer. I mean, there's so many different places. I live, I too love animals. I think for me in particular, I think the thing that should be preserved more than anything else on planet Earth is innocence. And I see innocence in the eyes of all animals. It doesn't matter if it's a little hummingbird. <laughs> I look right in its eyes and I almost see the same eyes as I do on a llama or as I do on your zebra out here on the, on the ranch these beautiful innocent eyes and I see those same eyes in children and that, to me that's what God is. I literally see it all. And so why not? I mean everyone's got this profound love I think. Build it into your business model that you give and be a leader that gives and teach others to give, inspire others to give. You could build the most beautiful culture around that and it gives so much more significant meaning to what you're doing. You can have such a bigger dent in the marketplace also because now you're attaching yourself to things that really matter. Build a brand around it, build, make noise around it. I love companies that, that have their, their missions and, and, and purpose uh, are far beyond their products and services and they go right to the heart of charity, philanthropy, all that. But I love to tell people that it, maybe you're considering doing this, that like, trust me, it is a, it is a life hack to be a charitable human. Last question. Man on a mission. Why is that the name of your events? Why is that the name of your podcast? How did that name come up? Yeah. It's funny. Man on a mission. It's almost controversial to say that now, right? So for me, that's why we did it. Like, I, just, just, like there's so many things that are happening so fast. I felt like during COVID, 
I don't need to get political, but at the end of the day, I felt like during COVID, man, these motherfuckers at the very top, these evil motherfuckers, it's like, all right, let's go for broke right now. We might as well. And things changed rapidly and fast. I remember what it was like when I was a kid. And now I look at children in, in this pre-COVID era and I see what they're going through and I see these tiny little neural pathways that are developing. And all this bizarre influence that's happening on them is masculinity gets assaulted in, in record numbers. I felt like part of man on mission is to say, you to all those people all those people that are trying to destroy innocence just because the word man is now insulting you know man's an, we can't even def define what a woman is but here's what's crazy i hired this guy my for one of the first people i hired when i was trying to figure out brand personal brand all that and um, i told him i want to do a podcast it was the main thing i wanted to do is i wanted to have an outlet to pour my heart i just i didn't care how it looked i just needed i needed to do that and when i was coming with the name he goes you sure you want to use man on a mission what about and i was like well i'm a man bro and yeah i'm on a mission motherfucker. <laughs> like, like that's my instinct like someone also reminded me well it's not you know culturally it's a little it might be perceived it's like Fuck you i'm doing man on a mission i was so sold on man on a mission and um, now it's become a real movement it's powerful i it was one of the best things i've ever done with my life i mean i just i love it it's amazing I mean, there's plenty of women that come to men. Oh, there's more women than men. I feel like in my coaching programs, I, I for whatever reason, I track more women than men. I do a, an online coaching program called The Blueprint. We teach people how to build blueprints for their dreams. Um, and it's 70% women. I've been, like women love men on a mission. And, and I'll tell you, a real women, they, they love real men. All this weird shit that these people are trying to pump into little kids' heads and school, fuck their minds up, that ain't real. That's not it. Women appreciate a man that's a protector, that does what he's supposed to do, that steps up to the plate and takes ownership of things. It's a real man. A man on mission. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Money Mondays with Eric Rock and the Real Tarzan. As always, we ask for a simple favor. There's no ads here. We just want you to like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. When you see clips, there's gonna be a lot of great clips from this episode. Share that with your friends, repost it, etc. All those things help us spread the message and spread the story and have these deep discussions about money we need to be blunt about money talking about loans credit finances borrowing money paying things asking for raises all the things that are part of your normal life people think it's rude to talk about it we think it's rude to not talk about it because those are important you have to be able to ask for a raise when the time's right you have to know how to talk about loans you have to be able to ask your friend to pay you 400 bucks back you have to be able to know how to do with documents and sign contracts and get, go to your bank and like you just have to know these things and talk about it and we didn't grow up with that in our households or our schools and so damn it tarzan and i are going to talk about it <laughs> and we're going to bring on some great guests to talk about it like eric rock we will see you guys next monday